and welcome to another podcast called Sunshine USA, and I want to say hello to all of our listeners on uh, Anchor FM and also on Spotify and some of the other platforms that we have. It is such a great joy to have you tuned in, and I'm Warren Landis. I'm your host and Bible teacher here on Sunshine USA. Right now, we're doing a study through the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, I call it a parallel study of the Gospels. And in particular, right now, we're taking a look at the parables and ministry of Jesus. The parables and ministry of Jesus. You could also call it the parables and miracles of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus. And there's a lot of it. You know, it has been said that if all the books were written about what Christ said, the world itself would not be able to hold them all. <laughs> and a lot of times, I kind of envy the position that the disciples had. Because Jesus' 12 disciples, they had the opportunity of being with Jesus so much more than any of the other disciples. And I, I would imagine they heard Jesus say a lot of things that we don't even have recorded in the Bible. And I'm sure that each of these gospel writers, if they wrote everything that they witnessed, everything that they saw, once again, the world wouldn't be able to hold all that material. (laughs) Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, now we come today to Luke chapter number 12. And we're going to start off where Jesus makes a very interesting statement. He says in verse 48, But he that knew not and did not commit worthy of the stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto, for whosoever, for unto whosoever much is given, of him much shall be required. And to him whom men have committed much, of him will they ask the more. Now, what we have here is Jesus making the statement, those to whom much is given, much is required. Now, you know, I meet Christians all the time who talk about their desire to be prosperous, their desire to be financially and materially successful. And uh, and in a sense, there's nothing wrong with that as far as that goes. But when you allow riches and materialism to be what you value instead of God, then there is something wrong with that. Amen? I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm not interested in acquiring a lot of this world stuff because, you know, the Bible teaches me that I can't take anything with me. When I die, I can't take anything with me. Uh, It doesn't matter what stocks I have or what kind of bank account I have or doesn't matter what kind of a savings account I have or checking account. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Because I can't take any of that with me. (laughs) I tell my friends all the time, I said, you know, I'm doing my family a great favor. I'm doing my relatives a great favor because you see, when I die, 
there is not going to be anything that I have worth fighting over. I'm not going to have a lot left over. You know, a lot of people, they think, well, man, I just think that would be great to have so much material possessions and have so much money. People would just be fighting for years over what you got. Well, that's not going to happen in my case <laughs> because I don't have a whole lot. You know, I tell people, uh, um, <laughs> not too many thieves are breaking down my door to get what I got. Now, it gets pretty bad when what you have is so insignificant, even the thieves aren't interested in it. Amen. But I guess I sleep better at night knowing that probably no one's going to break into my home and steal what I got because they probably don't want it. <laughs> Amen. But that's just as well because I can't take anything with me. You'll never see a hearse pulling a U-Haul trailer. It's not going to happen. You can't take anything with you. Now, the Bible does tell us that what you have determines what you're going to be responsible for. For example, God is not going to expect a small church out in the boonies to do as much as he's going to expect out of a bigger church located in a big city. I remember one time I was being considered as pastor of a church in a small town in lower South Carolina. I'm not going to say what town it was or what church it was, because that's not really significant other than the fact this was a very, 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 very small town. And one of the questions that the pastor search committee asked me, where do you see this church being 10 years from now? And, of course, you know, I always like to be ambitious and positive, and I said, well, you know, 10 years from now, I would not be at all surprised if we have 10,000 plus members. Now, the pastor search committee found that answer a little bit astonishing. Because the town where this church was located, I think they had at the most maybe 5,000 people living in this town. And so they said, what you're saying then, preacher, is you expect your church to be filled, this church to be filled with more people than the town has. And see, right off the bat, I realized that what I expected to happen in that church in the next 10 years was totally unrealistic because it didn't measure up at all to what the town's population was. And even if the town has 5,000 people in it, you've got to realize I don't know of any church where the whole town is a member of one church. And so it would probably be very unrealistic to think that 10 years from now that church would have even 5,000 members, let alone 10,000. It might mean a goal of, say, 500 people is much more realistic. But... The point is, God is not going to require of any church more than what it has, you know. And if God has allowed you to become a millionaire or a billionaire, 
what God is going to expect out of you as a Christian is far greater than he is a poor family living in a trailer park. Because they don't have nearly as much money. And so the point is, the more you have, and even the more you want to have, the more God is going to require of you. And frankly, the more harshly God is going to judge you if you don't produce. Now, a lot of people, they want the wealth, but they don't want the responsibility that comes with that wealth. They don't want the responsibility that comes with that wealth. They just want to be rich. They don't realize the richer they are, the more God is going to require of them. I believe it's also fair to say God judges you according to the opportunity that you have. Uh, if you have someone, for example, who is a resident in a nursing home or maybe an assisted living facility, the thing about it is God is going to expect not near as much from such a person as he would those who are perhaps healthier and more energetic and, and can still get out and about, you know. Uh, I'm at an age where my health hinders me a good bit. There's a lot of things that I would love to do for the Lord, but I cannot do for the Lord because of my health. Um, as much as I would love to, I don't see myself doing all that much traveling going forward into the future, though I would like to do some traveling. I would like to travel in person to some churches and preach and share the gospel with them, and teach them the Bible. But I realize probably the bulk of my traveling days are over. But there's a lot that I can do, even here in my hometown of Greenville, South Carolina. Most of you know that these radio broadcasts called Sunshine USA, they are produced right here in Greenville, South Carolina. And I'll be honest with you, I love Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, I consider it one of the most beautiful and exciting cities in which to live. I can't think of a city, single city in America that I would love to be in other than Greenville, South Carolina. I mean, man, I just consider this to be one of God's choice locations in the world. I mean, seriously. Um, and there's a lot that I could do here in Greenville in person. And, you know, one of the things I like about the end of the year, we oftentimes go through a period of reflection. We like to reflect on what we've already done and even reflect on some of the things that we would like to do going forward into the future. And there's really a lot for me to do right here in Greenville, South Carolina. There's a lot for you to do where you live. And in fact, even if you are in a nursing home or an assisted living facility, don't underestimate what you can do for the glory of God. I'm thinking about one lady right now. She lives in a retirement community. And this is a lady I've known all my life. I know that she is really on fire for God, loves the Lord, 
And even though she's confined to a retirement community, you would not believe some of the stuff she's doing for God. For example, she has, in effect, started kind of like a, a church right there on the assisted living facility grounds that she lives on. And she has all kinds of residents that are coming to that worship service. She doesn't let her limitations keep her from doing that which she can do. And then, of course, uh, she's very active on Facebook, just like I am and just like many of you are. And she sees Facebook as an avenue through which she can do valuable ministry. So she knows God's not finished with her yet. And even though she is living in an assisted living facility, there is still much that she can do for the Lord. But now someone who is perfectly healthy and a lot younger, and they could perhaps travel all over this country, maybe all over the world, and preach and proclaim the gospel of Christ, you can understand God's going to require more of that person than he would that lady living in an assisted living facility. Amen. Okay, now, let's go forward a little bit. Let's go forward to uh, Luke chapter 13, verses 18 and 19. Then he said, Unto what is the kingdom of God like? And whereunto shall I resemble it? He says, It is like a grain of mustard seed which a man took and cast into his garden, and it grew and waxed a great tree. And the fowls of the air lodged in the branches of it. Now, I'm not much when it comes to agriculture. In other words, my knowledge of agricultural things is very limited. But I am told, I am told that um, in reality, if you took a mustard seed, which I am told is one of the smallest of all seeds, and you took that mustard seed and planted it, it would grow into one of the biggest trees that you could imagine. Now, there's other places here in the New Testament where Jesus says what you can do if you have even the faith of a grain of mustard seed. And he says, in this case, it becomes a big tree, the birds lodge in it, they feed upon it, and uh, Jesus says, that is what I liken the kingdom of God to. <laughs> in other words, you would, you would be amazed at the difference even a small amount of something adds up to. Uh, for example, every Sunday when you put your money in the offering plate. Now, I say that carefully because I know that some churches today probably have more people giving online than they do in the offering plate, but that's another story. But um, anyway, we have um, people giving money to the offering plate, and, and 
And maybe they feel like, you know, I, I can't give near as much money as some of the other people in my church, and so I don't really think it makes much of a difference. And sometimes they might think that what I have to give is so insignificant, maybe I'd be better off not giving it at all. But nothing can be further from the truth. Because you see that little bit you have, it's mixed in with what everybody else has, and a lot of other people are just like you. <clears throat> you know, they only have a little bit that they can give. <clears throat> but when all of this is put together, when all of this is put together, guess what? You end up with uh, a tree, or you end up with a bank account for the church that's very significant. And if everybody who gave no more than what you can give quit giving, the church wouldn't have nearly as much money to work with. So what you give has great value to God, even in the event, even in the event that you don't have a lot to give. Amen. I've often thought of it this way. What if everybody in the church gave no more than what you gave? What kind of shape would the church be in financially? That's a very thought-provoking question, especially for pastors. Many pastors think that depending on how you answer that question, there may not be enough money to pay their salary. There may not be enough money to pay the rest of the staff. So what you give is important, even if it's not a lot. Everything adds up. And then let's read on further in Matthew, or I should say in Luke chapter 13, verses 23 through 25. Then he, that is Jesus, said unto him, Lord, or or rather the disciples said unto him, Jesus, Lord, are there few that be saved? And he said unto them, Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will not seek to enter in and shall not be able. When once the master of the house is risen up and has shut the door, and ye begin to stand without and knock upon the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us, and he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not whence you are. Now, Jesus here indicates there's going to be many people in that day, they'll knock on heaven's door. And Jesus will say, depart from me, I never knew you. There's going to be, I imagine, a lot of pastors out there who are not able to... um, travel, who are not able to, uh, uh, a lot of pastors who are, uh, they're going to knock on heaven's door one of these days, and Jesus is going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. Now that's sad to realize that many churches have pastors who are not even saved, they're not even born again. I can imagine churches having church members who are 
not saved. And these might be church members that teach in the Sunday school. Maybe they serve on the deacon board or maybe they serve on the leadership team of the church. And yet at the same time, they're not saved. And one of these days, Jesus is going to say unto them, uh, depart from me, I never knew you. And even though there's plenty of opportunity now to be saved, that opportunity is not always going to exist. Today's going to come when Jesus is going to say, okay, that's it. No more chances to be saved. It's all over. You know, don't mistake the mercy of God for being unlimited, unlimited, uh, um, patience. God is a God of great patience, by the way. But his patience is limited. One day, if you continue saying no to God, then let me tell you, it's going to be too late. And in that day, you'll want to go in, but you cannot go in. Because of the fact that you do not know God. And that's why if, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, I can't think of a better day than today to get that issue settled with God. Because I would hate for you to die, perhaps today, and then find out, guess what? You're not ready. I know a lot of people who have died in the past, and the day they died, they didn't expect to die that day, but they did. It happened. I think about my own dear mother. She died back in August of 1998. In fact, she died August the 5th, 1998, to be exact. And when my mother woke up on the morning of August the 5th, 1998, I don't think she got up that morning and said, you know what, I'm going to die today. I'm going to go to heaven today. But you know, that's exactly what happened. About three o'clock that afternoon, she died and went to heaven. She didn't expect to go on that day, but she did. And when your day comes, many of you are going to find yourself in a situation where you die and you didn't expect to die. But guess what? You're going to die. And it's going to be all too late. I'm thinking about one guy that I went to high school with. He died uh, at age 65 a couple of weeks ago. If you told him a couple of weeks ago that by today he would be in eternity, I am sure that he would have been shocked. I am sure that he would just be totally dumbfounded. I'm, I'm sure that he probably expected to live longer than what he did. Amen? Amen. But that did not happen. That did not happen. He died. Uh, my own mother, like I say, I think she expected to live longer than what she did. Uh, she and my dad had plans later that month to go on a vacation to Myrtle Beach. That vacation never happened for her. And uh, it was very sad. But in a way, it was glad because, 
you know, she's in a far better place now. She's in heaven. But um, that is what we are told in the Word of God. We are told that um, heaven is a place that not everybody is going to, even though they might expect to go there. I mean, I, I can't think of anybody that would prefer going to hell as opposed to heaven. But I do know a lot of people that expect to go to heaven one of these days. They're not going to be going to heaven. They're going to be ending up spending eternity in that terrible, awful place that the Bible calls hell. Hell is a real place. People really are going there. You know, I think it's very sad that we don't have more churches today talking about hell. You know, Jesus in his earthly ministry, he talked more about hell than he did heaven. Now, many preachers today, you know, they don't want to spend a lot of time talking about hell because they frankly see that as a negative subject. But the sad truth of the matter is there's more people right now going to hell than are going to heaven. And many people are going to go to hell and they never knew that such a place existed because they never heard it in their pulpit. If you're one of these preachers that hardly ever preaches on hell, may I advise you to preach more often on the subject of hell. That's a message today that people need to hear about, know about. Amen? Amen. Well, I, I tell you, these get-togethers that we have, they end up going by much more quickly than I ever thought possible. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. It seems like we get started on one of these podcasts and it's uh, time to go. But if you have a Bible study question, if you have a question about a message that you've heard here on Sunshine USA and you want to ask me about it, feel free to do so. Or if you have a prayer request, I can personally assure you that I pray over every single prayer request that comes into Sunshine USA. One reason I can assure you of that is because of the fact that um, I am the only staff member here at Sunshine USA. And I might add, I do it without a salary. I don't get paid for doing this radio broadcast. I do it for one reason. And that is the fact that I love Jesus Christ and I love you. So I will pray personally over any prayer request that you have to send in. The best way to send me your Bible study questions and prayer requests is by way of email. I have two email addresses. One is warrenlandis at yahoo.com. That's warrenlandis at yahoo.com. And the other one is warrenlandis at gmail.com. warrenlandis at gmail.com. And if you want to contact me by snail mail, the old school way, you can do that as well. My snail mail address is Warren Landis, 80 Thruston Street, apartment 8510, Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. That's Warren Landis, 80 Thruston Street, apartment 8510, Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. And before you seal that envelope, you might want to pray over whether the Lord would lead you to send a financial contribution 
uh, to this ministry. Now, while it's true I don't receive a salary for doing this program, uh, I would like to expand this ministry. And doing that requires financial support from you, the listener. So if you feel led of the Lord to invest some money in this ministry, I hope that you will do that today. My mailing address is, once again, Warren Landis, 80 Thruston Street, T-H-R-U-S-T-O-N, 80 Thruston Street, Apartment 8510, Greenville, South Carolina, zip code 29605. Well, I've enjoyed being with you today. I'm encouraged by the fact that many of you tell me that this uh, broadcast serves as a very important part of your personal daily time alone with God. And I thank God for that. Many of you have told me how you have grown in your knowledge of the Word of God as a result of this radio broadcast. And once again, let me tell you, that makes me so happy. That makes me happier than you can ever imagine. That's why I take time out of my busy day every day to do this program. Because I want to make an investment in your life spiritually. Amen? Amen. <laughs> well, uh, I'll see you next time. By the way, we need to pray for Christians and even non-Christians living in the southeastern United States. We are dealing with a late season hurricane by the name of Nicole. I think it's already come ashore in Florida. It's now been downgraded to a tropical storm. But it's hitting areas that are still recovering from a previous hurricane. And um, so we need to pray for people living in Florida especially and for other areas of the southeast that are expecting a lot of rain tonight and tomorrow. Well, until next time, this is Warren Landis saying goodbye. God bless you, and I'll see you again next time on Sunshine USA.